The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. With John Leonetti. That broadcast school has really paid off. Matt Wilcom. Mark Amadeo. Good morning. And Deacon Tony Valdez. Well, good morning. It is a good morning, a beautiful morning. If you've uh, had a chance to step outside already, the air is uh, cool and crisp. The, uh, it, most, the, most of the state's seeing clear skies. We're not going to jump into the weather just yet, but it's hard to ignore uh, this morning after the super blue moon. And if you stepped outside last night, it was quite a sight to see, at least here in central Iowa. Um, it was still waiting for me when I woke up this morning. The, the, the moon was. So I felt like it was, I don't know, uh, a once in a life or a once in a blue moon experience. It, it, and it was uh, uh, great to still see this. That's right. That's right. I'll be here all morning, folks. Deacon wow. Mark Campbell sitting in for John <laughs> Leonetti. Uh, you've already heard Matt Welcome across from me here. He'll have our news in just a little bit. Uh, fear not. You will still get plenty of John on today's shows. We ha- will have our weekly Ask Father PJ segment coming up in the first half hour. And in the second half hour, we're going to revisit uh, a conversation John had with Emily Jaminette, uh, uh, wife, mother, child of God, author, speaker, life coach, uh, all things as it relates to the sacred heart of Jesus. And uh, I think it'll be a, a great conversation to revisit. Um, it, you know, as I, I mentioned, she's a, a mother and, and a wife. But men, I think we would we would benefit from listening to this conversation because it uh, can help help us only become better husbands and fathers and spiritual leaders when we tap into the wisdom uh, of uh, the women in our life and especially Emily Jaminette. We'll have, as I said, Matt Welcome with news, Mark Amadeo with sports. A shout out to Brady Grimm who's uh, getting comfortable behind the uh, pr- uh, production board there for our show here. And before we go further, we'll go to Deacon Tony Valdez, my brother Deacon, as we uh, offer our day to our Lord. God, our Father, we offer you our day. We offer you all our thoughts, words, joys, and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our guide and strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus in the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, protect us. Amen. Amen. Matt, what's going on in the news today? Well, Deacon Mark, let's take a look. It's brought to you this morning by Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte. Since 1939, Farm Bureau Financial Services has built relationships first and plans second, getting to know you so they know exactly what you need. CindySchulte.com. Good morning. I'm Matt Wilkham. Tropical storm Idalia descended on the Carolinas on its way out to the Atlantic Ocean on Thursday, leaving a trail of flooding and destruction throughout the southeast that stretched back to its landfall as a hurricane in Florida. Rescue and repair efforts continued in the areas. The storm passed Wednesday, and there was no immediate word on the toll from the ferocious winds and inundating waters, but authorities counted at least one death. The storm left as many as a half a million customers without power in Florida and other states. A group known as BishopAccountability.org, which tracks sexual abuse in the Catholic Church, condemned a Massachusetts district judge's decision Wednesday to dismiss criminal charges against former, Car- former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. 
The judge ruled McCarrick, 93, was not mentally competent to stand trial. The criminal charges in Massachusetts were the first that McCarrick has ever faced following several accusations of abuse of minors and seminarians, once a a powerful figure in ecclesiastical, diplomatic, and political circles in the U.S. and around the world. McCarrick was formally removed from the clerical state by Pope Francis in 2019. Nebraska's fight song begins, There is no place like Nebraska. When it comes to volleyball, those words never rang more true than Wednesday night. The Cornhuskers laid claim to the world record for largest attendance at a women's sporting event with 92,003 filling Memorial Stadium for their volleyball match against Omaha. The university took aim at the record last spring when it announced it would hold a day-long celebration of a sport that enjoys immense popularity in this state of fewer than 2 million. Volleyball has surpassed basketball as the number one girls' high school team sport in the U.S. It's long been number one in Nebraska. And now for your scoreboard update with Mark Amadeo. In sports on your Thursday morning, yesterday's Major League Baseball scoreboard, the Midwest teams that were in action on Wednesday. In the National League, the Chicago Cubs pick up a win at home as they are now three games out of first place in the National League Central. Cubs defeated the first place Milwaukee Brewers by the score of 3-2 to two at Wrigley Field yesterday. In St. Louis, the Cardinals defeated the San Diego Padres by the score of 5-4. to four. In the American League yesterday, the Cleveland Guardians defeated the first-place Minnesota Twins by the score of 5-2 to two in 10 innings in Minnesota. The Twins now with a five-game lead over second-place Cleveland Guardians. And in Baltimore, it was the Chicago White Sox defeating the Baltimore Orioles by the score of 10-5. to five. And in interleague play, it was the Pittsburgh Pirates defeating the Kansas City Royals by the score of 4-1 to one in Kansas City. Last night, it was game two of a six-game road trip for the Iowa Cubs in AAA baseball. Last night, the Iowa Cubs defeated the Toledo Mud Hens by the score of 7-1 to in Toledo. Tonight, game three of their series, I-Cubs at the Toledo Mud Hens. First pitch at 5.30 in Toledo, Ohio. High school football tomorrow night on most of these Iowa Catholic Radio Network stations. It's week two of the high school football season, and it's a 5A district top 10 matchup. Number one, Dowling Catholic takes on six-ranked Valley. Pre-game at 6.15 with kickoff at 7 o'clock from West Des Moines Valley Stadium. Join Matt Mandring, John Chido, and me for the broadcast tomorrow night here on most of these Iowa Catholic Radio Network stations. And with your Thursday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadeo. Thank you, Mark. And finally, today's fun fact, we were talking about the world record shattering event that happened last evening over in Lincoln. I, I honestly, I was seeing that posted on social media and I thought it was fake news. Uh, and that's not a knock against volleyball. <laughs> that's just a lot, a lot of people for, uh, uh, for an event, but it sounds like they, they did well uh, on the marketing front to, uh, to make it happen. Well, having lived in Nebraska, I know that volleyball is a big deal over there. And clearly the, the 90,000 people. Is that just, just over 92,000. Wow. Yeah. I think the previous record was 91,000-something. I, I mean, have they been – I mean, the football program, I, I know people are rabid about the uh, f- football program, but is there um, – have they been getting those, those kind of crowds for football? Well, Memorial Stadium technically holds 85,000. Okay. But that's just in the stands. Gotcha. So for this event, all, there was extra yep. room on the field. Wow. So that's why the, the 92,000. Go Huskers. Numbers. Yeah. <laughs> all right.
Well, fun fact of the day. All right. Well, the inventor of volleyball, William G. Morgan, was an acquaintance of basketball inventor James Naismith. Huh. Both men were employed by the YMCA, and Morgan was inspired by Naismith's basketball success to create his own sport, and the volleyball versus basketball rivalry was born. That is a fun fact. Well, I, f- I figured we'd have a little bit of back and forth sure. as to which sport is better. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, you did serve it up nicely for me there, and, <laughs> okay. and uh, I think I, I missed on the spike. Well, I, we, I thought we would maybe try to give volleyball a little bit of a bump in this state to try to catch up with Nebraska. All right, before my uh, phone starts buzzing with text messages of, uh, you know, those who may or may not appreciate our dad humor. Uh, let's look at the weather. Serve it up. <laughs> as I've already mentioned, it is going to be, uh, it's already a, a start, a beautiful start to a beautiful day. Sunny with a high near 81 today. Overnight, it'll be clear with a low around 55. You can crack those windows open and get some nice fresh air. Uh, tomorrow, sunny with a high near 87. And as, uh, as you see there, that begins a warming trend for the weekend. So get out if you can the next couple of days and enjoy it. Uh, we are going to be closing out the... Uh, you know, Labor Day weekend is often kind of considered the uh, uh, unofficial close of sun, summer, right? And we're going to have some very summer-like weather with uh, temperatures in the 90s through the weekend. So um, currently around the area, we got Des Moines checking in at 56 degrees, Perry 55 degrees, Newton at 52, and Creston at 55. Our weather today is brought to you by Confluence Brewing Company, where good things come together since 2012, featuring handcrafted beer that Des Moines can call its own, confluencebrewing.com. And that's your Iowa Catholic Radio Network 24-hour forecast. So, Matt, what uh, do you have plans for the Labor Day weekend coming up? I think we're going to just kind of chill at home. And just that's unlike you guys. It is. You, you guys with family spread out, uh, you know, both that uh, up to the north. And I know you guys make occasional trips back to, to Nebraska as well. You guys are going to be uh, homebodies this weekend. huh? Yeah, I think so. And uh, take a little time to gr- do some do a little grilling Ooh. and, uh, you know, just to appreciate the what you have at home. Right. Uh, it, it seems like we're on the road a lot. So we have some other trips you know, to visit in-laws planned for later in the year. And, right. But uh, I think we're going to just kind of hang tight. How about you? Well, our uh, the, the high school my wife and I graduated, St. All high, high School here on the north side of Des Moines, has a, uh, uh, for many years, they had an annual alumni tournament. And, uh, of course, the pandemic and, and other things, it sort of has had lost its uh, luster maybe a little bit, would be a, a fair way to put it. Uh, they're bringing it back. And, and so my wife and I are going to be participating uh we have a family team because she, her family has many uh, Sadel High School graduates. We're putting together a, a family team to compete in the uh, Sadel Alumni Softball Tournament. It's a fundraiser that they do for their uh, for their for their sports program or athletic department over there. So that's on Saturday. Um, I, I think kind of similar. We do some little catch up around the house. I know we're definitely going to be uh, enjoying our pool. Uh, we, we put up a pool a couple of years ago, and um, or I guess this is our second summer, and we. Find to find ways to get so busy that we don't probably get to enjoy it as much as we should. So uh, after the after softball on Saturday, uh, after church uh, mass on Sunday, and whatever Monday reveals is hopefully going to be uh, again floating around, kicking around in the hot weather uh, in the pool. So well, either either way, whether you use the pool or not, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> you got mass, you go spiritually deep, and then yeah. you go to the pool and. 
despite my clarity uh, on the uh, <laughs> on our plans for the weekend, it's uh, <laughs> it's cl- crystal clear that uh, we'll, we'll be in the water. <laughs> So again, coming up uh, later in the show, we'll have a conversation with Emily Jaminette that uh, John uh, recorded earlier, or actually she was on earlier this week, but we want to revisit that conversation because as we, a lot of families are in transition right now, and uh, uh, Emily Jaminette, is, if you're, the name is familiar, uh, she's the, um, she, she provides for us these uh, mother moments that you hear during commercial or during, uh, during breaks on, on Iowa Catholic Radio, and you know she's she's well versed in the sacred heart and she's going to be talking about the uh you know how do we bring uh you know Christ centered into our homes you know there's families right now experiencing uh kids going off to college uh kids transitioning from from high school into a, a work work life and then the um uh you know back to school has has started in many places so i think it's important to to reflect uh, you know, during times of transition, because if our homes are not Christ-centered, uh, you can kind of add to the chaos and make things more difficult. So we'll go to a break now. Don't go away. You're listening to the Catholic Morning Show. I'm Deacon Mark Campbell sitting in for John Leonetti. You're listening to the Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory. Caldwell Parish offers services that are unique to the individual while following the Catholic funeral rites. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory, Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Divine Treasures, a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community since 1992. Divine Treasures, 5701 Hickman Road, Des Moines, 515-255-5230. Thank you, Divine Treasures, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from CTO. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO... You receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for programming provided by Trappist Caskets, a work of the monks of New Mallory Abbey in Piasta, Iowa. Embracing an honest approach to death can more readily affirm the real meaning of life. Trappist Caskets and urns are made in the prayerful environment of the monastery using Iowa-grown wood from the Abbey's sustainable forest. Each casket and urn is blessed by a monk. Quietly laboring with their hands for 175 years, the monks offer workmanship at the pinnacle of woodworkers' craft. Available for immediate delivery or as a part of a pre-planning program. Learn more at trappistcaskets.com. Iowa Catholic Radio would like to thank our business partner, Gold Dome Buildings. Gold Dome is locally owned and operated, serving Des Moines and surrounding areas since 1992. Builders of garages, farm buildings, customized backyard sheds, and playhouses. GoldDomeIowa.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry. Sarah is an apostolate dedicated to the support of new and existing vocations to the priesthood and consecrated life. Learn more at joinsarah.org. Join S-E-R-R-A.org. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Good morning and welcome back from Sunday's first read. This uh, upcoming Sunday's first reading from Jeremiah. You duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. You were too strong for me, and you triumphed. All the day, I'm an object of laughter. Everyone mocks me. I uh, I, I open with that. Uh, this is Deacon Mark Campbell sitting in for John Leonetti because I failed in that uh, first segment. To go to my brother, Deacon Randy Keel. Good morning. 
Good morning. How are you, my friend? <laughs> oh, that 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 just fit perfectly, didn't it? <laughs> well, it's uh, it, more often than not the the words of the Lord, you know, match up with my life, uh, e- even when and it's then painful. For a second, I thought, oh wait, he's oh John, Mark's just going to cover the <laughs> readings that I had prepared. For oh no, we uh, we should I not. I was just about to hit the hang-up button as soon as you said, uh, so we go to Deacon Randy. <laughs> well, it's uh, it, it's good to hear from you. What, uh, what, what can you share with us about the, yeah, the readings I, for this upcoming weekend? So from Jeremiah, let's think about who the person of Jeremiah is. Jeremiah is not just a prophet with a message given to him by God to proclaim out to the people. His whole life embodied the prophecy of the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. Mm. And we don't have that in every prophet. That's why he's known as one of the great prophets, and Jeremiah is one of the largest books of the Bible next to Genesis. So the personhood, even the body of Jeremiah, what he suffered as a human, just even prior to this portion of Scripture, was an archetype of the coming Messiah. So he had just been taken out of the stockades, a form of um, public mockery, imprisoned. These were not just—it was in a jail. It's a type of scaffolding made from twisted vines and branches to the point that if you were put in there, you would be trapped and it would disfigure your body. You, It would contort you. You couldn't lay flat. It would contort your body so it would damage and torture your body. And he was put in there by a, um, a high official named Pashtur, and the man tried to have mercy on him after one day, let him out, and Jeremiah's prophecy to him was, no, the word of the Lord has come to me, and you will not just be able to have mercy because you do not have the mercy of God in you, and your name is no longer Pashur. In fact, your name in Hebrew means one that is a terror from every side of life, and you and your people will be sent to Babylon, and you will all die. Then he turns with verse 7, and God, you have duped me. Mm. Why, Why is it you've given me this life and this word, and you have betrayed me? Now, the Hebrew word that duped comes from is that it's the betrayal that comes from a sexual union. So basically, it's you know, I united so deeply with you, my God. I became one with you. I've given my life over to you, and you have betrayed me. Now, here's the beauty of this prayer. This gives us a mirrored image of how deep, honest, and authentic the soul and the agony that lives inside of us can be with God, mm. our Savior. That. That we we do not ever have to pretend our emotions and our reactions to this earthly life with God. We do not have to pretend with Him. And and I think, and He says, "You know what? I think I'll do. I'll just quit speaking your name, God. I'm going to quit talking about you because I've been talking about you so long. People aren't even. You know what they do? They mock me every day in public. But but then the reaction was, oh, but the fire of your Holy Spirit." She didn't say it, but the fire of your word burns so deeply inside me, I cannot shut up. I cannot stop it because it is a burning fire. It is a holy fire. Amen. That, what, reading. That, 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 uh, you know, and I think when we, at least for me, I should say, when, when we re- read these passages, uh, you pointed out something that is so important, I think, to recognize is this is a prayer. 
right? That that is being yes. that is be, being recited here. It's it's the expression, the groanings of the heart uh, uh, between a man and, and God, and uh, again, reflection of our own lives. If we uh, uh, we've all been in that place, I think where uh, you know we we've called upon the name of the Lord and we have felt duped, we have felt uh, denied and, and betrayed. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, wonderful insights. Uh, I'm afraid I have to cut you short because of my being exactly. duped earlier. Um, yeah. I, I miss our walks. We've got to, uh, uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you so much for your patience with me and for your sharing your wisdom and insight. It's always a, a joy to hear from you. Enjoy your pool on Labor Day. <laughs> All right. Thanks, brother. <laughs> Let's go now to uh, John's conversation with our, our weekly Ask Father PJ segment. Um, that, uh, that, that was pre-recorded, but it's, it's a new one. So some new questions put forth. We'll go to that conversation now. Our Ask Father PJ segment with Father PJ McManus, pastor of Christ the King on the south side of Des Moines. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Johnny. We've got three questions in for you. We'll start with the first one. Listener asks, are we supposed to be saying something when we cross our mind, lips, and hearts before the gospel? No, but you okay. can. Okay. <laughs> So this this is an example of um, uh, there's a technical word for it that I've suddenly lost um, uh, like ritual mimicry that's not quite it but that's pretty close so um, so it's the case that very often in the liturgy the people simply sort of ape what the priest does and that's sort of intuitive the guy at the front of the room tends to know what to do in a way the guys at the back might not right um, now there are things the priest does that the people shouldn't do because they clearly belong to his office as priest. And this is the reason we get in fights about what to do with our hands of the Our Father and all this kind of business. But when it comes to uh, making the sign of the cross on our forehead, uh, lips, and, and heart, um, this isn't even strictly rubrical. I mean, it's totally permitted, but it's really just an imitation of the priest or deacon who, is, uh, who, who, who first touches the Evangelion, the book of the Gospels, and then traces on his forehead uh, uh, the sign of the cross, the forehead, lips, and, and chest, the sign of the cross. And what he, sa- what he says when he does that is, May the word of the Lord be on my heart, on my lips, and in my, on my mind, on my lips, and in my heart. That's what I pray. Now, this is this is related to another set of prayers that the people mostly don't hear, but they at least kind of see. Hmm. So, in principle, right, the, the 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 purest form of the mass, or whatever. However, the, the, in in an ideal world, the way this is supposed to work is you have a deacon at the mass, and the deacon bows before the priest and says, "Father, give me the blessing." And the blessing the priest gives is not his own, right? It's scripted. And what he says is, may the Lord be in your heart and on your lips that you might proclaim his holy gospel worthily and well. That's a short form of a longer version that was in the liturgy for most of its history, um, which is, uh, may the word of the Lord be in your heart and your mind and on your lips, even as he cleansed the prophet Isaiah with the burning of the coal, right? So it's that, that, that memory of the story of Isaiah with the coal, Isaiah sees the coal, the angel takes the coal out of the furnace, or out of the thurible, puts it on his lips, and he's, and he's made clean. It's a, it's a prayer for purity before the gospel, just like the priest prays, par- prays prayers of purity, say that six times fast, before Holy Communion. Um, and so inasmuch as the, as the people are receptive to the same, it's a great thing to do. The problem with ritual mimicry, though, is that sometimes we get it wrong. So here's a good example that probably lots of our listeners do all the time and don't realize. So in the penitential rite, no, I thought you were going somewhere no, else. In the penitential rite, uh, the, uh, the, the 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 priest says, um, uh, "May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life." 
And a lot of people make the sign of the cross at that yes, point. Yeah. Um, and there's no sign of the cross there, either for the priest or the people. And the reason for that is there used to be another prayer there. So in the extraordinary form, older forms of the Roman rite, there, there, there was another prayer there. But the other prayer sounded so much like sacramental absolution that when the liturgy came into the vernacular, they were afraid people might think they'd been to confession. Mm. And so they took it out so that the people wouldn't be confused. But people still remembered making the sign of the cross more or less there, and so they still do. And, of course, in English, there's basically four phrases, and so it becomes fairly easy to, sure. to fall into. Now, are you sinning by doing it? No, of course not. It just sometimes ritual mimicry doesn't track with what's actually happening. I've been trying to tell my mom that for years. Mom, I hope you're listening. My mom's a very pious woman. I give my mom a hard time a lot, and she knows I, I, uh, I give her a hard time in front of friends. Um, too, because she is like the the mom that's got every little ritual thing. Yeah. I mean, she's such a pious, you know, everything's got a movement to it. She's Italian, so it's just the way it works. The but, Irish are not so different. Yeah, yeah, it's the way we, we roll. All right, uh, question number two. Why are most priests not married, Father? Because the Latin rite of the church uh, has simply been more successful or larger, uh, more populous for, for most of our history than the Eastern churches, and because the discipline of the Latin West is that priests are married and has been for a real, real, real long time. Mm -hmm. um, now I'm sort of unique in that uh, I, I've not only, I've not only known married priests, I've actually lived with married priests and their families before. Right. So uh, I, I, I know married priesthood well, both from my work in the Eastern churches and my work with the Anglican ordinariate, those, those uh, Episcopalians that have come into the Catholic church. Um, but, uh, but uh, so like, I understand why married priests look real interesting from the outside. They're really just like priests, but then they also have wives. Like mm -hmm. it's it's not nearly as interesting as it looks. Yeah. And it and, and 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 it's great and many of them do wonderful work and it's annoying, just like celibates can be real annoying and uh and there are HR problems just like there are with with celibates and it's 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 it, it, it this is not nearly as interesting a topic as as we often try and make it. Yeah. I would also say, too, um, at least when I was in seminary, I, I felt like, you know, I didn't have my finger on the pulse in the sense, or I had my finger on the pulse. I didn't I didn't know the exact number, but I mean, it was high 90s uh, percentage of guys that said, I'm I'm, I'm going to be celibate. I, I'm, you know, I wouldn't want to be a married priest. Um, I was the same way when I was in the seminary. I was the same way when I left the seminary. I didn't want to get married. <laughs> yes, I, I remember that. <laughs> I didn't want, want anything to do with marriage. I, I worked a little bit in my apostolic work with married couples, and that did it. I was happy, going to be single for the rest of my life. But uh, at the same time, this is a discipline that the West uses, right, or, or that the uh, uh, the Roman Rite uses. And so um, can you talk a little bit about what's behind the discipline? Yeah, I mean, I think... Th th this gets explained differently at different times. The one thing that is certainly not true and is just good to kind of beat out of people's heads is this is not now nor has ever been strictly about property. Mm -hmm. Like there's a there's a kind of a Protestant canard about this that, you know, property was passed on from father to son. And so and so the church wanted the priest's property. They didn't want the priest's kids inheriting the property, especially if the priest's son then didn't go on to become a priest. Um, that's the. There's very little evidence of that, and it also presumes property rights were the same in all of Europe, and that just is not the case. Um, I think the better way to understand it today would be something more along the lines of professional boundaries. So uh, priests, they've always in the, the in those times and places where clergy, where married men have been ordained uh, to the priesthood, um, there have always been more restrictions around a priest's wife than a regular person's wife. Um, and so, so 
so a priest is only going to be able to like select his spouse from amongst people to whom he's ministering. And that's clearly a recipe for disaster that they had figured out within the first three or four centuries. Like it's not good, which is, which is why in those traditions that do permit married clergy, you're always married first. You don't go around marrying after. Mm -hmm. And if, and if, and, and if you're ordained before you're married, then you stay celibate in some ways to protect the people from you. Mm. Um, now, it's not because we think all priests are leches or something like that, but yeah. it's but 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 in I think the language that we would use today is it's about professional boundaries. And if I'm going to be in this relationship to you, I need to be in a stable state vocationally, uh, maritally, so that it's very, very clear what the boundaries of this relationship are. Obviously, sometimes priests get themselves into trouble with that. That causes a guy to have to kind of pause, reconsider what's going on, all those kinds of things. But but fundamentally, celibacy exists to protect both the priest and the people um, and to sanctify the church. There we go. Question number three for Father P.J. McManus. Uh, Father, what is the source of the Catholic Church's authority? Well, the same is the source of all authority, which is God. Um, but but fun, which is really, really important. I, I, that, that part, I think, is easy to gloss over. But like the, the church clearly understands. St. Paul articulates this very, very clearly. Um, the source of Caesar's authority is also God. So the source of Congress's authority is also God. It's not actually just that we all got together to vote them into office. Mm-hmm. God's permissive will allows certain people to be in charge of things and other people to be in, made in charge of, right? And, and, and so, so on some level, anybody who acts in authority over anyone, parent to child, employer to employee, superior to subject, pastor to associate pastor, right? Wh- wh- whatever, like those people are all, in a certain sense, acting in the person of God, not that they're God to the person, right? But they're, they're, they're acting in view of, of authority, which derives ultimately from God. Yep. Now, clearly the church's authority comes from God in a way that Congress's doesn't. That's fair. Or that parliaments doesn't. Yep. Or that your bosses doesn't. Right. And so, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not saying like the CEO of, of, of come and go is appointed by God in the same sort of way that the Pope is. That's not the idea. Sure. Fundamentally, this hinges on the person of Jesus. So, 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 so really the authority of the Catholic Church rests on the person of Jesus. And if Jesus isn't who he said he was, then yeah, we're, we're making everything up. Mm-hmm. Like there's none of this is right. But if Jesus is who he says he is, and, and, and if the story happened the way the, the, the way has been presented to us, if the faith that's been handed on by the saints is true, then it's all true. And then the church's authority does derive ultimately from Jesus. Now, there are gradations of teaching and gradations and exercise of authority. And those things matter um, because uh, clearly, you know, um, the Pope's appointment of a particular bishop to a particular diocese doesn't have the same weight as like a dogmatic pronouncement. Right. So you can be mistaken sure. about matters of fact. Um, but uh, but ultimately what makes them in charge is that God has allowed them to be. Father P.J. McManus, everyone, if you have questions, you can send them in to iowacatholicradio.com. Click on contact and you can send in. Just put in the subject line, ask Father P.J. We're always here, 715 every Thursday with Father P.J. McManus. God bless you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. And that uh, can be heard on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network podcast page. If there is a, uh, a question there that you didn't quite you know, get all the answer or you want to hear the, the depth of uh, Father PJ's wisdom, uh, you can go to iowacatholicradio.com, pull down the uh, 
Catholic Morning Show, and you can find the Ask Father PJ segment there. Let's go now to our Gospel Reflection of the Day. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Stay awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour of night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. So too you must also be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. Who then is the faithful and prudent servant whom the master has put in charge of his household to distribute to them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master on his arrival finds doing so. Amen, I say to you, he will put him in charge of all his property. But if that wicked servant says to himself, My master is long delayed, and begins to beat his fellow servants and eat and drink with drunkards, the servant's master will come on an unexpected day and at an unknown hour and will punish him severely, and assign him a place with the hypocrites, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hi, this is Father Nick Smith, parochial vicar of Christ the King Parish in Des Moines. We as Catholics are called to have a healthy relationship with the time of our death. That is to say, we are to contemplate the time of our departure from this life uh, often, even daily, because we know that the Lord's call to us is stay awake. Stay awake spiritually, be vigilant, be waiting for the Lord, longing for the Lord, have a disposition in our hearts to say, I am ready, Lord, at any time when you might come for me. I'm ready to go with you. If we get distracted and all tied up in worldly concerns that in eternal life really don't have any importance, we might risk missing the Lord's coming, maybe even one of his comings in our life today with a grace, with an inspiration. Let us stay awake because each day the Lord is speaking to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's inspiring us through his grace, leading us by his providence through our lives Let us stay awake. Let's be prepared so that whenever the Lord comes for us, whether individually or when he comes again, we will be ready because we will have been longing for this home, this eternal home of ours for our whole lives. May God bless you. Let us continue praying for each other. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Construction Professionals. Construction Professionals does remodeling and new construction. Construction Professionals is a Catholic family business built on a strong foundation. cpcustomhomes.com. Thank you, Construction Professionals, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Next Generation Realty, a Catholic and family-owned flat-fee brokerage serving central Iowa since 1994. Next Generation Realty can handle every step of the process of buying or selling a home. Learn more at nextgenerationrealty.com. Support for programming comes from Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical, offering repairs, installations, and maintenance for the whole house, including heating and cooling systems and all things plumbing and electrical. Learn more at goldenrulephc.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Ashworth Vision Clinic. Complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and urgent eye issues. 515-440-4610. Ashworthvision.com. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. The Catholic Morning Show, Deacon Mark Campbell, sitting in for John Leonetti. Uh, We're grateful that you have chosen to spend your morning with us. 
And uh, John will be back tomorrow. But uh, coming up yet today, a conversation that John had with Emily Jaminette. That'll be at uh, 745. Uh, Matt Wilkham is here with your news. Mark Amadeo will have our sports. Shout out to Brady Grimm back there in the uh, production studio, getting, uh, you know, getting flexing his uh, production muscles back there, getting getting us uh, squared away here. But before we go further, let's go to Deacon Tony Valdez for our morning offering. God, our Father, we offer you our day. We offer you all our thoughts, words, joys, and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our guide and strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus in the church, pray for us. St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, protect us. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Matt now with our news. Thank you, Deacon Mark. News brought to you this morning by Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte. Since 1939, Farm Bureau Financial Services has built relationships first and plans second, getting to know you so they know exactly what you need. CindySchulte.com. Good morning. I'm Matt Wilkham. Tropical storm Idalia descended on the Carolinas on its way out to the Atlantic Ocean on Thursday, leaving a trail of flooding and destruction throughout the southeast that stretched back to its landfall as a hurricane in Florida. Rescue and repair efforts continued in the areas the storm passed Wednesday, and there was no immediate word on the toll from the ferocious winds and inundating waters, but authorities counted at least one death. The storm left as many as a half a million customers without power in Florida and other states. The Arm of St. Jude, a relic of one of Jesus Christ's closest collaborators, will be touring the U.S. for several months beginning in September, a Catholic evangelization ministry announced this week. Father Carlos Martins, the director of the ministry Treasures of the Church, told EWTN News Nightly host Tracy Sable on Monday that the relic is coming to America for a nine-month tour, with its first stop scheduled for St. John Cantius Church in Chicago on September 9th. Regarded as the patron saint of lost causes and desperate situations, Martins said the visit provides an opportunity for individuals to experience intimacy with someone who dwells in heaven and beholds God face to face. It allows devotees to receive his blessing and entrust him with their petitions. The relic of St. Jude will make its way to Iowa on Tuesday, September 26th, when it will be available for veneration at St. Francis of Assisi in West Des Moines. Nebraska's fight song begins, There is no place like Nebraska. When it comes to volleyball, those words never rang more true than Wednesday night. The Cornhuskers laid claim to the world record for largest attendance at a women's sporting event with 92,003, filling Memorial Stadium for their volleyball match against Omaha. The university took aim at the record last spring when it announced it would hold a day-long celebration of a sport that enjoys immense popularity in this state of fewer than 2 million. Volleyball has surpassed basketball as the number one girls' high school team sport in the U.S. It's long been number one in Nebraska. And now for your scoreboard update with Mark Amadeo. In sports on your Thursday morning, yesterday's Major League Baseball scoreboard, the Midwest teams that were in action on Wednesday. In the National League, the Chicago Cubs pick up a win at home as they are now three games out of first place in the National League Central. Cubs defeated the first place Milwaukee Brewers by the score of 3-2 to two at Wrigley Field yesterday. In St. Louis, the Cardinals defeated the San Diego Padres by the score of 5-4. to four. In the American League yesterday, the Cleveland Guardians defeated the first-place Minnesota Twins by the score of 5-2 to two in 10 innings in Minnesota. The Twins now with a five-game lead over second-place Cleveland Guardians. 
And in Baltimore, it was the Chicago White Sox defeating the Baltimore Orioles by the score of 10 to 5. And in interleague play, it was the Pittsburgh Pirates defeating the Kansas City Royals by the score of 4 to 1 in Kansas City. Last night, it was game two of a six-game road trip for the Iowa Cubs in AAA baseball. Last night, the Iowa Cubs defeated the Toledo Mud Hens by the score of 7-1 to in Toledo. Tonight, game three of their series, I-Cubs at the Toledo Mud Hens. First pitch at 5.30 in Toledo, Ohio. High school football tomorrow night on most of these Iowa Catholic Radio Network stations. It's week two of the high school football season, and it's a 5A district top 10 matchup. Number one, Dowling Catholic takes on six-ranked Valley. Pre-game at 6.15 with kickoff at 7 o'clock from West Des Moines Valley Stadium. Join Matt Mandring, John Chido, and me for the broadcast tomorrow night here on most of these Iowa Catholic Radio Network stations. And with your Thursday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadeo. Thank you, Mark. And finally, today's fun fact, friends, fresh air and good food are the focus of National Eat Outside Day every year on August 31st. Whether at home, a park, a favorite restaurant, or a food truck, or the beach, food just tastes better when we eat it under the open sky. That is a perfect segue, because tonight we have the opportunity to eat outside. Indeed. At the Jasper Winery. We'll be down at... uh We'll be down there for the Mary's Meals fundraiser with Phoenix Mendoza and Mike Moody and the Outlaws. Uh, there will be food available. The event is free, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a beautiful night and uh, a great opportunity to celebrate, highlight uh, National Eat Outside Day. Yeah, and, and to do some real good for oh, some kids yeah. around the world that Definitely. really need our help. Yes, the uh, it's a family-friendly event, so bring the kids out. The music will be great. The weather will be great. Iowa Catholic Radio will have, will have our tent set up there, and uh, if you didn't get a chance to get your temporary Iowa Catholic Radio tattoo, there'll be a, another opportunity tonight. We have plenty to uh, uh, to place on people, arms, shoulders, foreheads, wherever you want them. Uh, speaking of the weather, it's going to be sunny today, high near 81, clear overnight with a low around 55, and sunny and a high near 87 tomorrow. The uh, warming trend will continue, and we'll have uh, temperatures in the mid-90s throughout the Labor Day weekend. Currently in Des Moines, it's 57. Ames is also at 57 degrees. Fairfield is at 52. And Greenfield at 58. Weather today brought to you by Confluence Brewing Company, where good things come together since 2012. Featuring handcrafted beer that Des Moines can call its own. Confluencebrewing.com. Also want to highlight that... uh, Information for, uh, regarding all Iowa Catholic Radio events can be found at the iowacatholicradio.com page, including uh, information on the relic of uh, St. Jude coming uh, in September. Let's go now to our Saint of the Day. This is your Saint of the Day on Iowa Catholic Radio. Well, today we celebrate St. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, celebrating these two contemporaries of Jesus who played significant roles in his life Reminds us the, the reminds us of the humanity of Jesus and how he related to uh, the men and women who walked with him. Jesus's gentleness to these uh, two men and his acceptance of, of them helped remind helps remind us that he treats us in the same gentle way. The actions of Saint Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, who were two influential Jewish leaders, give insight into the charismatic power of Jesus and his teachings and the risks that could be involved with following him. Joseph was a respected, wealthy civic leader who had become a disciple of Jesus. And following Jesus' death, 
Joseph obtained Jesus' body from Pilate, wrapped it in fine linen, and buried it in a tomb of his own. For these reasons, Joseph is considered the patron saint of funeral directors and pallbearers. More important is the courage Joseph showed in asking Pilate for Jesus' body. Jesus was a condemned criminal who had been publicly executed, and according to some legends, Joseph was punished and imprisoned for such a bold act. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and like Joseph, an important first century Jew, we know from John's Gospel that Nicodemus went to Jesus at night, secretly, to better understand his teachings about the kingdom. Later, he spoke up for Jesus at the time of his arrest and assisted in in Jesus' burial. We know little else about the life of Nicodemus. But today we can ask for St. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus to pray for us. Coming up, folks, just right after this will be John's conversation with Emily Jaminette, producer of the Mother's Moment, heard across the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. Time is 744. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your news from the Diocese of Des Moines this Thursday, August 31st. I'm Anne-Marie Cox. If you are a supporter of Mary's Meals or you're just looking to enjoy some of the last bits of summer, consider coming to Jasper Winery tonight for a benefit concert. From 6 to 9, we'll be there enjoying Nashville musician Phoenix Mendoza and local band Mike Moody and the Outlaws. At the same time, we'll be supporting Mary's Meals, which provides provides vulnerable children in education and food. Bring a friend and make a difference. Tomorrow we kick off the month of September, which is Deaf Awareness Month. If you know someone who would like to go to Mass but they have difficulty hearing, check out the Sunday Masses at St. Catherine or St. Francis where they have sign language interpretation available. Also, many parishes have hearing aid devices that let the heart of hearing tap into the sound system so they can hear more clearly. Our churches want to be a welcoming place for everyone. The Catholic Mirror is almost at its goal for raising funds to help offset the cost of printing and mailing. Our diocesan newspaper goes to every active Catholic household in Central and Southwest Iowa. Help us reach our goal so we can continue to provide you stories of faith and inspiration. Take a subscription. Go to dmdiocese.org and click on Giving and then Special Collections. Thank you for your help. That's your news from the Diocese of Des Moines. I'm Anne-Marie Cox. Known as the Apostle of the Impossible and one of the Church's most beloved saints, Jude Thaddeus is revered for his unwavering dedication and steadfast faith, inspiring people since ancient times to seek his intercession when faced with seemingly hopeless adversity and need. You can experience St. Jude's transformative presence Tuesday, September 26th at St. Francis of Assisi in West Des Moines when the arm of St. Jude will be on display for veneration. Details at iowacatholicradio.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Next Generation Realty, a Catholic and family-owned flat-fee brokerage serving Central Iowa since 1994. Next Generation Realty can handle every step of the process of buying or selling a home. Learn more at nextgenerationrealty.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Skeffington's Formal Wear, in business since 1951, with locations in Des Moines, West Des Moines, Coralville, and Ankeny. Skeffington's Formal Wear, fitting you for life celebrations. Online at skeffingtons.com. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Welcome back, friends. Thanks for joining us here on the Catholic Morning Show. Deacon Mark Campbell sitting in for John. But we're going to go to John and Emily Jaminette right now with uh, a conversation they had previously and looking at how uh, you can help create or cultivate a Christ-centered home. 
Let's go to our next guest. She is author, speaker, Emily Jaminette joins me. Hello, Emily. Good morning. Happy Monday. A happy Monday to you as well. All right. Faith-filled parenting this morning, okay? We're, we're looking at the parents today. By the way, I wanted to let everyone know. I didn't, I didn't let anyone know this. Um, it's my 13th anniversary today, so I just thought I'd throw that out there uh, with my wife. We're very excited about it today. But um, in, in a lot of ways, today's the first day of school as well, Emily. So we have to turn our focus also on our children and how to better parent them. So that's what we're going to talk about today. You're going to give me some good tips. Well, absolutely. You know what? Every day is a new day. So every day there's a great opportunity of an abundance of grace that Jesus wants to offer each one of us to make the change that needs to happen. So for some of us, when we hear about faith-filled parenting, we might get a little wave of guilt like, oh, no, I'm not doing a very good job with my my prayers or some areas of my life. But I, I want to remind all of us, that Jesus has the grace that he wants to offer us. The key for us is putting our extension cord into that outlet, seeking that grace. So begin with a pep talk because that's a great that's a great reminder for each one of us. But I, I want to start with the idea of taking some baby steps, John. You know, where are the areas doing an internal evaluation, maybe an inner audit, maybe an audit with you and your husband? Where are the areas that we need to grow, especially as we, our kids get back to school, we start to focus on these areas of maybe routines that we didn't have in the past, and then moving forward in the right direction. Where do we start? Let's start with uh, the number one place to be able to move in that right direction. What can we do? What routines can we build or habits to be able to help us this year? Well, number one, prayer, prayer, prayer. Let's talk about recommitting to daily prayer, mm-hmm. recommitting to making sure that our first things are first. You know, how do we how do we orchestrate our day? Is our day, you know, one of the little things I love to do is just begin that day with prayer with the kids as well, making sure that prayer is first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will say this. If the Leonetti family can do that every single day with their kids, anyone can do it. I mean, you, you look at my life. My life is chaotic. It's just crazy. Our kids are nuts. They're 10, 8, and 3. You know, they don't have their hands folded all the time. And, and you know, they're on their knees like, like you know, beautiful children that are praying. All that. It's just not the way it works. But we have made it a point, Emily, that... It, it is just not those kids are not going to go to bed without prayer time. It's just not going to happen. I don't care how stressed or angry or whatever it is. They're not going to bed without prayer time. So when you make that commitment, it can happen by the grace of God. It can really happen. It can really happen. I think that's a great place to start is to saying that it doesn't have to look like an Instagram perfect post mm-hmm. where everyone's kneeling and reflective and and even the two-year-old. But the, the truth is, is that building this routine is a lifetime. And I would say for a lot of our Catholics, you know, we're struggling with inconsistently going to Mass. Inconsistently going to Mass, especially on Sunday and our Holy Days of Obligation, make your life so much harder as a Catholic parent. Inconsistently doing anything makes life truly harder, as, as we know, with exercise and building these routines. We don't inconsistently drop our kids off to church or off to school. Today I'll do school. Tomorrow I won't. We know that's important. The same has to be true with fulfilling our Sunday obligation. And I, I just can't say enough as I have launched kids, kids in their twenties, kids off at college. You know, laying that foundation brick by brick is 
about every single day. We don't get a day off from living out our faith because our faith is about sharing the love of God. And there's fun ways to be able to do that too. Like I, th- there are times in our, in our household where the, 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 the room is an absolute pit, uh, the kids, and they, they need to clean it up before bed. We're already late uh, and going to bed. You know, Teresa's given uh, Anthony a bath and, and, you know, everything's chaotic. And there'll be times I'll just yell out or at Labora, right? Uh, the Benedictine's traditional slogan, pray and work. All right, here we go. We're going to pray and you're going to pick up. Teresa's still giving the kid a bath. I'm going to go over here and change some diaper. I mean, it's just you can you can teach them even in some of those those ways, too. So have a little bit of fun. Get creative with it. But prayer is the number one thing, right? Prayer is number one and passing on the faith to the next generation. You know, I think that as I talked about that audit. What does our house look like, feel like? Is What's that spirit that, that we have in our home? And I want to remind our listeners and even myself, you know, the Lord wants the attributes of the kingdom are peace, love, joy. He wants to give us that a peace beyond our understanding, that love, that joy. But we have to ask for that. It's not on our, I will this. It's, Lord, fill me. Fill me so that I can be meek and humble and I can receive the gift and then pass it on. And and as Catholic families, as we see the great exodus of, of those generations not going to Mass, we have to really turn to our knees and say, Lord, help me to share the truth of my faith in a way that is penetrating even through this culture and the call of the culture, that, that our witness far exceeds that. And, and it's possible. It's absolutely essential. It's not just going to church, but it's living it out each day. Now, just in case anyone feels left out, if you are a married couple, maybe your kids are grown, maybe you don't have kids, um, you are a family, okay? The, the, you, by, by definition of our faith, uh, a, a married couple, spouses, are families in themselves. So that doesn't mean that you're off the hook for praying in your family together every single day uh, as we as we go about this. All right, number two in trying to build a faith-based home, uh, especially in parenting, grandparenting for uh, our kiddos this school year. Well, the next thing, right, again, is, is seeing that our faith is the cornerstone. We want to pass it on mm-hmm. to the next generation. We want to think of it as a torch, making sure our children um, receive the sacraments. For example, maybe you have a grandchild that has not been baptized yet. You know, this is a great time for you to be the ambassador of the sacraments to help your children, your grandchildren, maybe a great niece, and, and making sure that they receive that torch well, that they are given that gift. And the next one is then peace. You know, I can't say enough about, the, you know, when we're sitting at Mass and we hear the word peace be with you, you know, and we offer we offer peace to our family. This is very, very important. As you, you, you talked about just a minute ago about you know, maybe the peace is our, our parents, but they don't live with us. You know, where can we extend peace as part of our witness? Where can we allow God's peace to penetrate our hearts so that we can have a stronger faith-filled witness? Peace. What is that? What is that, Emily? <laughs> what, what is peace, right? Is that, uh, is that possible? But it is, right? It is possible. Yeah, that's what the Lord wants for us. He wants peace in our families. I, I pray for it a lot, you know, peace in, in our families, peace in the nuclear family, in the world today. And, and again, this just kind of goes back to St. Teresa of Calcutta when she said, if you want peace, go home and love your families. This is where it starts. Mm-hmm. You know what? And, and we see in our society such... You can hear the rest of that conversation that John had with Emily Jaminette uh, at the com podcast page. Click on the morning show. 
and uh, find that interview um, there. Share it with friends. Uh, revisit some of the topics that they discussed. And uh, it, we're so grateful that you tuned in again with us today. John will be back in studio tomorrow. Um, let's go to Deacon Tony and close our show with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask for the guidance of your Holy Spirit to be with us in all that we think, do, and say today as we pray for the intentions of our listeners, our priests and religious, the souls in purgatory. Let us pray the prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our safeguard against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. And we ask Mother Mary, pray for us. St. Joseph and St. Michael, protect us. And may the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit come down upon all of us. Protect us all from evil and bring us all to his everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Deacon. We have uh, Teresa Tamio coming up next, followed by the Catholic Women Now show at 9 o'clock. Friends, again, thanks for tuning in. May your day be blessed and be confident in Christ's mercy and his love. The Catholic Morning Show is a production of the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. To hear this and other programs, visit iowacatholicradio.com or download the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Here in this worn and weary land where many a dream has died.